The following audio drama is rated PG for pretty good. You should experience lots of explosions with no body parts and a couple of swears. Parents should be ready to cover their ears. This is a look at production. Entertainment is always free. Broken Sea Audio presents Doctor Who Behind the Sofa. This is Stevie K. Farnaby, producer and director of Broken Sea's Doctor Who, and I'm here with the once and future Doctor Mark Kalita himself. Hiya, Mac. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to take a, a little bit of a, a look back over our 2010 season. Um, starting, I think, midway through the season, because we already covered uh, the earlier episodes in a previous Behind the Sofa. Um, so, uh, Medusa Rob? Medusa yeah. Orb came about, actually, about a good uh, three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. I uh, I was sitting around thinking about future episodes that I would like to do, and I thought it would be fun to do some kind of like a gangster episode mm-hmm. set in Chicago. Uh, get uh, maybe like the St. Valentine's Day massacre or something or other into that uh, kind of an Untouchables feel. Just uh, because I didn't think anything like that had really been done in that sort of time period and place. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I was jotting down the odd ideas here and there, and I uh, tossed them over to Paul. I said, you know, what do you think about doing something like in the in the Roaring Twenties or the Thirties or something, maybe around Prohibition? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he says, all right, let me think on that for a little bit. And uh, then he started, like, I think in a day or two, came back with uh, the idea for Medusa Orb. And... Uh, it just it it knocked my socks off. Just this little vague idea and time period that I came up with, and he just like really grabbed the ball and ran. Yeah, that's the thing about Paul's writing. It's like um, you can kind of suggest an idea to him, and he'll come back like within like a day or two days later with the most incredible script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he works so fast, and he you know when he gets on a roll, he really gets on a roll. <laughs> you know? Last winter in mm-hmm. particular mm-hmm. Um, you know when we had to to scramble to come up with a bunch of scripts I was astounded at how quickly he just kept cranking these things out it was like every three days it felt like he had oh, a new script it was amazing you know? wasn't it and um, it, you know I mean of course um, Medusa Rob as well was set in sort of the height of the prohibition era mm-hmm. um, so I, mean, I suppose some of my comments on that sto- on that particular story was um, um, in fact actually I'll give you a funny anecdote from that as well which was um, you know one of our central locations was the speakeasy so mm-hmm. I thought I would actually um, I thought I'd actually um, have a look and see if I could actually find you know period um, Chicago type music that was banned back in that time period <laughs> You know, that would that probably would be the type of music that would play in the speakeasy, of course, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and, um, I, you know, I was really surprised to, you know, to, to actually find some. Um, sadly, none of it actually got used on the episode because the, most of the songs were written about prostitutes and streetwalkers. <laughs> oh, and, we can't have that on Doctor Who. No, they were really graphic and, um, and uh, as well, you know. And, and to be honest, um, the songs that were banned in that time era in Chicago <laughs> would have been banned today as well. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Oh, I think they would have done <laughs> Um, Are you certain- kidding? If the right if the right performer performed them, they'd be all best selling hits, I'm sure. Oh, they'd probably be best selling hits. They just wouldn't they just wouldn't play the videos on MTV until sort of early hours of the morning or something like that, or sort of after. Or if the they played shit. them on the radio, yeah. about seventy percent of the song would be beep beep. Yeah, beep, exactly. Yeah. Beep. 
um, so that was kind of funny. Um, the other thing as well, I thought, was uh, even though we had such a fantastic cast, I mean, I mean, you already know how I feel about you as the Doctor, Mac. You know, that was the role that you absolutely, categorically were born to play, bar none. It, 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 you just exemplify that particular role uh, more than any other voice actor I've come across anyway. Um, and even though we had such a quality cast on that episode, um, I still think Bill's granddaughter actually <laughs> stole the show um, all the way through. She was fantastic. I mean, yeah. what, what a performance, you know? You know, W.C. Fields used to, to joke about never working with dogs and kids. Yeah, that's but right. Bill's grandkids are an exception. They are, they are really, really talented. Absolutely, and I mean, um, I, I got sort of little comments, um, you know, throughout. Um, basically, Bill was trying to coach her. You know, she was recording her lines, mm-hmm. and uh, she'd just turn around and she—you you could hear her—you you could hear Bill in the background, sort of trying to coach her through the lines and stuff. And and she'd just turn around, and she'd go, "Shut up, Granddad! I can read." <laughs> Yep. So that was kind of funny. (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you, she she's got the makings for a potential companion someday. Oh, absolutely. If if we're still doing this show, you know, ten years from now. Oh, absolutely. I I cannot possibly argue with that. She she's fantastic. Anyway, um, shall we move on? East of the sun. We can. Yeah, I was just going to say. I remember picking up uh, the script for East of the Sun. I thought I, I just picked it up and I just went. Yes! (laughs) Yes! <laughs> I think, I mean, I've been producing sort of audio drama now for about four and a half years. Um, and, um, one, I've always wanted to do a good old fashioned western gunslinging scene. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and, um, it was just awesome. I picked that script up and I was, yeah, get up there, you know. Oh man, was I chuffed when <laughs> I read that one. I suppose one of my favourite scenes in that was um, the very opening sequence, um, and, and it's not just because I played Groot as well, <laughs> you know, but it's yeah. just it's just that opening sequence, you know, with the um, the tumbleweeds. Okay. I mixed in some tumbleweeds rattling across and things like that, you know, <laughs> and a spaghetti western tune playing, and Groot oh yeah, walks into the bar, you know, proper sort of uh, old style western sort of production. <laughs> Um, that was a great visual. I mean, most of of that that episode. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first heard the the rough cut that you sent out of that, uh-huh. I really could see it vividly in my mind while I was listening to it. That was that was amazing. Oh, was I could grateful. practically smell the sawdust on the floor of the of the <laughs> saloon. Seriously. I mean, I mean, one of the things that wasn't in the script was the bit where Groot jumped... Uh, although it says that Groot jumps up and walks across the bar it, within the script, um, one of the things I thought would be a little bit more menacing would be that if he kicked the whiskey glasses off the bar as he was walking. <laughs> and so I have him kicking them in different directions, which I thought was kind of fun to do <laughs> as well. I mean, people yeah, sort of great. re-listening to that now to hear, you know, how the, <laughs> the sort of panning on the whiskey glasses now <laughs> I want to go back and do that now, actually. <laughs> but yeah, it was funny. Um, and um, to bring Jenny back as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, this was another situation mm-hmm. where I was talking with Paul and I thought, mm-hmm. you know what? Do you, did you remember the the William Hartnell episode, The Gunfighters? And he had a vague recollection. And I said, you know, maybe it's time to do another Doctor Who Western. But like right. leave out sort of the, the cheesy elements of it that <laughs> gunfighters had try and make it a little more contemporary a little more cool and uh interestingly enough you know i thought we were going to do a standard traditional western mm-hmm. takes place you know maybe somewhere in the 1870s out in out in america and then when i when i look at the script and i and i see like this these piranha people <laughs> and that, and and I and uh, you know we'll get to the whole bit about Jenny too. I was just like, oh, okay, so this isn't necessarily old West America, but it's it's a planet that's kind of got mm-hmm. the old West thing going on in it. Okay, that's clever. That's that's a that's a fresh new take. Good, good. So I thought that was that was that was cool. That yeah, was very cool. Um, and, and as I say, the whole idea that Jenny's become a um, a bounty hunter as well, 
Yeah, that was that was a neat little little touch that Paul in there. Uh, you know, Paul wanted mm-hmm. to bring Jenny back, and mm-hmm. I thought, okay, that's cool. I wasn't exactly sure what context it would be in, mm-hmm. and uh, again, when the when the the early part of the script came in, and uh, you know, we we see that she's doing bounty hunting. I thought, oh, all right, that's an interesting little twist. Cool. And again, I, I kind of pictured her mm-hmm. too, and like the the semi western gear. Um, oh, what was that? Uh, there was a western with like a lot of female leads in it some years back. Was it Bad Girls or something like that? I think Drew Barrymore was in it, and uh, oh, a so few other of some of the the bigger stars out there. It's, it sounds familiar. Uh, I can't yeah, the title though, but it definitely sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I kind of saw her. Mm-hmm. Dressed up like that, sort of like a, a kind of a variation of a cowboy outfit, uh, doing this stuff. And but instead of your 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 typical Western bad guy, there's this guy with this big mouth with a lot of teeth and stuff. <laughs> and then of course the doctor shows up, and just suddenly there's this complete, um, just not blending in at all. Mm-hmm. You know, despite this this kind of timelessness that he has, just sort of this this oh, gentleman shows up in this really rough cowboy town. Yeah, he sort of stood. He sort of stood out like a sore thumb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and and the banter between all of the various characters on there was was really good as well. It was one of the stronger episodes. Um, oh, it had a great comedic element to it. Yeah, and 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 the way that the um, the lines again on on this particular episode seem to just gel together. It's almost like um, the cast were in the same room and and, and such like recording. You know, um, it, it almost seemed like you were playing off each other all the way through that. Particularly the the banter between you and uh, the voice actress that played Jenny. Mm-hmm. You know that that was particularly good. Um, you know, I mean that was that was exceptional um, and. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just a great episode, and uh, one of my again one of my favourite scenes was was the closing scene of that particular episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh yeah, that one that oh, was a lot man. of fun to do. Well, it's just so cool that it sort of that last scene for me it, it it sort of it spanned that whole gap between the classic series and the new series, and it sort of just sat right in the middle and, and joined that, closed that gap up really beautifully, you know. How neat was that? What a clever piece of writing from Paul. Yeah. Now, we, we talked about that, and, uh, mm-hmm. and he says, why don't, why don't we have a little bit of a, of a, of a flash-forward mm-hmm. kind of a scene where they're, they're talking, talking about... Uh, about the new little girl who's been born, mm-hmm. I said, "Yeah, why don't they have a uh, a discussion about what what to call her?" And uh, they start tossing out all these different kinds of of names that we've all heard of, mm-hmm. and then they finally, you know, sort of settle on the uh, the last one. And uh, we were we were both sitting there with these big grins on our faces, like, "Oh yes, <laughs> yes, that's perfect." Oh, I, I remember reading the first scripts, and I, I just, I, I kind of, <laughs> you know, the first draft of the script with that that last scene, in, and I went, "Wow, <laughs> now that is cool." And yeah. um, in in that last scene as well, incidentally, it was it was actually me playing piano, and underneath that scene, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I actually wrote that piece of music. Oh. It's actually one of my own compositions, that as well. It sits underneath that scene. Um, so, oh, man, that's good. Um, so I kind of threw it in there. It, it's one that I wrote ooh, 20 years ago. And, um, no I've, kidding. See, this is the first I've heard about that. Yeah, oh, I wrote that one. I wrote that particular piano piece about uh, 20 years ago. Recorded it way back then as well. In fact, it's actually a 20-odd-year-old um, recording that I used. So oh, just, that worked out really well. So I just kind of, I, I often do this actually um, within, um, you know, with the various audio productions that I do. I often write little segments of music. Um, you know, I've, I've done it on Doctor Who before, um, certainly on um, season uh, season two. Um, I use quite a bit of um, 
I, you know, there's quite a bit of my music sitting underneath various scenes and such like. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the cyber music. Oh, cool. That sat under the cyber ships, um, you know, the, the, the bridge of the cyber ships and stuff like that. So, yeah, I tend to do a lot of that sort of writing. Um, and I do it a lot for uh, modelling as well. Um, I mm-hmm. write quite a lot of original little pieces that sort of just sit underneath the scenes, specifically for those scenes in mind. Um, and speaking of um, custom written music, <laughs> yes, here's a nice little segue into Mechalution. <laughs> I was going to say we've got we've got a whole bunch of fantastic brand new, uh, brand new music for the show. Oh yeah, I mean, whoa. and not just Mechalution. No, we've got we've got quite a bit. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I've I've been pulling in um, sort of music from various sources, and I've tried to make every every episode sound differently. And one of the ways I'm doing that is by specifically choosing the music for each episode to fit that episode, rather than using the um, I suppose the the official soundtracks. Um, which I, I think that's a good way to go. I mean, if yeah. you listen to a lot of a lot of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, fan shows out there, and everybody uses and reuses the Murray Gold stuff. Yeah, and it's great, but mm-hmm. everybody's using it. Absolutely. So and, uh, it's it's refreshing, you know. And we're very lucky that you know we have yourself and mm-hmm. Josh, and just a bunch of other guys out there mm-hmm. who have been kind enough to to lend us some original compositions. That's right. Uh, yeah. For the show to to make it even more uh, unique, and I think that's becoming a hallmark of the Broken Sea brand of Doctor Who. Yeah, I think so as well. Because um, I mean, and, and it's it's actually a part of the production process that I really enjoy doing as well, sourcing out all of these, you know, little pieces of of sort of music for each episode. And um, I, I actually, you know, obviously being a musician myself, um, I've always felt that music plays a vital part in building up an ambience for a particular oh, yeah. scene. You know, I mean, you don't have to have music playing underneath every scene, and in fact, the majority of mine don't. Um, but just every now and again, little snippets of tunes and, and little bits that fit in between the scenes and things like that. And you've got to keep the right feeling. Um, you know. Oh yeah, a right lot of the transitional going. music in particular mm-hmm. that you chose and or composed for Mechalution... I remember listening to that the very first time mm-hmm. and being particularly impressed at how well the music fit the episode and the scenes themselves. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously when it came to Mechalution, we had a custom-written soundtrack. You know, um, Josh submitted the pretty much every piece of music I used on that episode was from Josh's soundtrack. Absolutely incredible. And Josh actually worked from the script as well. We sent him the script and he worked directly from the script and sort of uh-huh. custom wrote each piece. And of course, I mean, we, we, we've kind of covered Josh's music on the last Behind the Sofa yep. as well, you know, and uh, sort of his contributions to that particular show was just exceptional. Yep. You know? Jeff had some, or, uh, Josh, Josh had some good, uh, good sounds. There has been times when I've dipped into Kevin McLeod's stuff because it is absolutely excellent. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, he's real good. Um, The only problem I've got with using Kevin McLeod's stuff is that it's kind of overused within the audio drama community because it is so good. Well, again, it's one of those situations that it's so good and it's so versatile that it lends itself to a lot of the different projects that all the groups are doing out there. Absolutely, yeah. I, I completely agree. You know, um, and and that's why it's as popular as it is. But of mm-hmm. course, you know, I kind of want to make our show sort of a little differently. You know, yeah, and sort of maybe push the boundaries back a little bit further. You know, uh, but well, I, we're I think you're you're certainly going to do that with uh, a new particular piece of music that's going to be debuting oh, yes. officially <laughs> next week. In fact, next week, yes, <laughs> yes, next week. Yeah, and uh, boy, have we got some big surprises to come next week, oh, guys. Oh man, yeah. Um, oh wow, I I still when I when I think about it, my mind boggles. <laughs> yeah, I was man. I, I was uh, particularly surprised that it actually <laughs> that it actually happened. 
And yeah, it's particularly special, folks. Um, so stay tuned for next week because uh, there is something very, 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 very special coming next week. That's <laughs> about all I can say um, for the time being. And uh, so watch out. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, quorum of time. Well, oh yeah, <laughs> quite possibly the finest piece of Doctor Who writing I think I've ever seen. Uh, that's, that, that's our baby. Certainly in audio, anyway. Um, it was absolutely stunning. I'm glad because we certainly had enough build-up for it for, oh, yeah. for quite a number of months. <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm seeing these little promos coming out and all of this and yeah. the buzz that was out there on, uh, you know, on you, the boards and out there on Facebook and that. And YouTube. people are all over the place, just. Yeah. Oh my God! What's coming? Yeah, on YouTube and, uh, as well, you know. And we were sort of hinting that your doctor was going to die and regenerate. And, uh, yeah, which he <laughs> really did, actually. <laughs> which he did, of course. Yeah. You know, we weren't lying. No, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, it's it's it was particularly interesting. You know, there there it was kind of a mixed bag of of commentaries out there. Mm-hmm. You know, there were some people that, you know, were, were doing the big Captain Kirk, no! And oh, then there are yeah. other people that's, that are like, so where can I turn in my audition for the doctor? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, uh, okay. I, I mean, I got, and appro- I found that all very interesting. I got approached by at least sort of 30 different voice actors, sort of, you know, so, oh, is, is it true Matt Kalit is sort of not going to play the doctor anymore? You know, when, when are the casting calls going out for the next Doctor? <laughs> you know, I, I felt kind of bad being being somewhat deceptive for a couple few months there yeah. when, when people would ask me about it mm-hmm. and uh, just trying to be evasive in that and, you know, not necessarily, you know, outright lie, but, um, you know, still trying to, to keep the lid on on this project as much as we could. Well, that was it. We were trying to hint at what was to come, but without giving spoilers away. You know, it was like yeah. it was like the River Song phrase, wasn't it? No spoilers, you know. No spoilers. <laughs> uh, but we were just trying to hint at it at what was to come, you know. And I think, um, I think, I mean, the way Quorum of Time sort of came about, or certainly the way I remember it coming about, anyway, was um, I kind of came up with this notion of what would happen. And uh, we'd already, I think, established that your doctor was. Um, incarnation number 13 the right. last of the doctors and so I kind of came up with this notion what would happen when the doctor's 13, 13th incarnation dies mm-hmm. then what well this was, this was the episode that officially established because I've had yeah. people ask me over the years well what number are you Yeah. and uh, basically I'd had it well I'm the last one so, uh, you know, I guess I, I would be 13, but, uh, you know, we've, we've tried to play it so that mm-hmm. there's a little bit of vagueness that I'm always somewhat ahead of whoever the guy on TV is. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, at the end of the day, what, um, the, the point that we have to make here as well is that, um, you know, what happens if the 13th Doctor dies? Right. Then what? You know, is that the end of the series forever? Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, effectively what happened with these scripts was that um, it was set up in such a way that the Doctor gets a whole new lease of life but how many more regenerations has he actually got? Who knows? Has he got a full set of 13 or has he only got another 2 or another 3 or another 4 or or what? We don't know. Um, No. So so it's a little vague and so I think it's actually more interesting this way now. Um, and I also think that eventually, obviously, they're going to have to explore that sort of theme anyway on the TV show. It, it'll have we're to be. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, you know we got one more now. guy after Matt Smith, and then I'm up to bat. That's well, it. That, that's that, it. Yeah. BBC will be on the phone to me. Hey, you, come here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that'll be when they get to the hmm. point where budgetarily, you know, I will have to to ask the BBC. Well, how much can I pay you to play to play Doctor Who? No, you don't have to pay me. I will pay you to let me do it. Well, I can, I can sort of relate to that. I mean, I only, oh, ever, I only ever got to play the Doctor once in audio, and I got an absolute buzz and a half out of doing it. 
We'll have to do something with that again. Yeah, you know, maybe. I've 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 been hesitant about doing multi-doctor stories. Yeah, well, I mean, if we and did. but I truly believe that if we ever did our own like a a, mm-hmm. a new take on a, on a two doctors thing, mm-hmm. with you playing Christopher Eccleston's doctor, I think we could have something. Or oh, a future doctor, maybe one that comes after you. Or after your doctor. Who said there's going to be one after me? Oh, well, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play this forever. I quite rightly so, oh, too. Oh, God. Um, now, I'm I'm sure we're going to get to the point where, uh-huh. you know, I, I'm either too tired, too old, nobody wants to write for it, or nobody wants to listen to it anymore, and that'll be it. We'll, we'll all go on to doing some other crazy stuff. I can't see that being, you know, being the case for quite some time to come. Like, of course, you know, but uh, uh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? What <laughs> I'm the just, I, I'm, in, I'm enjoying the run while it's going, and and I'm having a great time. And certainly, according to the uh, the download stats that we've been getting, oh my god, that is just nuts! How many people are downloading this show? Yeah, I mean, um, in two months, we got 62,000 downloads in two months without releasing uh-huh. a single new episode. That was just people downloading older episodes. So, I mean, I remember you know, in, in the old days of the show, like, uh, right after, after I took it over mm-hmm. um, years ago, because, uh, you know, the, the show was going to get canned. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no, you can't kill this show. This is great. There, people are going to want to listen to it. It's like, all right, well, you take it over, <laughs> do what you want with it, and you know, it lives and dies with you. Okay, fine. <laughs> and uh, you know, when uh, I worked on resuscitating it, and you know, shortly thereafter, got to meet Bill and. Bill was helping me out with with mixing it, and I'm mm-hmm. uh, getting all these scripts from all these different people, and just trying to take whatever we can to keep this show alive. And when we started building the following, mm-hmm. I remember the stats coming in where we'd hit like 1,500 uh, right. downloads for the month, and then we hit like 2,000 downloads for the month, and at one and after a certain point. And I never thought I would see the day Doctor Who actually surpassed Section 31 files. And I was just floored when I saw that. And I was excited to see, you know, 1,250 downloads, 2,000 downloads. Mm-hmm. But this, this is... Oh, it's off the, this it's is off the chart. Insane. I mean, if, it, if, if our Doctor Who series gains much more popularity, we may... Um, certainly our service provider may actually, you know, actually start asking us for an extra surcharge because of the uh, bandwidth. Oh, you man. Know, that we're eating up, you know, because it is such a popular series, incredibly popular. And I've, I've been stunned as to just how popular it's become. It's, it's certainly become apparently very popular down in, in New Zealand and Australia in that neck of the woods. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, the Sir Julius Vogel Award. Wow, one of the coolest trophies I have ever seen. It is. is it? I mean, it looks like a piece of the key to time. Either that <laughs> oh, or it was, looks like, like you know, Lord Leviathan from Hellraiser 2. Like if, you, if, if Paul yeah. isn't careful one day, he's going to be touching that, touching that trophy and it's going to shift positions and a gate's going to open up and Pinhead's going to walk through. And he's going to love it. <laughs> oh, he loves something like that. I mean, Oh, I know he would. Big horror fan, isn't he? Um, but, oh, God, yeah. But, I mean, you know, I mean, Paul, the, the, the way that he pulled our 2010 season out of the hat like an absolute magician, you know, pulling he truly a did. out of the hat. Um, in, all, in all honesty, I mean, <laughs> that trophy is utterly well-deserved, full stop. It's just, you know, it's just the final sort of, um, uh, the final piece of coolness to close that season out, wasn't it? It was. It was particularly special. It it was a great win, particularly after Quorum of Time came out oh. and how exciting that, that particular episode was. Well, yeah, I, I mean... Again, I mean, you know, I mean, I only suggest, again, all I did was, I mean, I sort of just 
suggested this idea that maybe we should explore, you know, what would happen after the 13th Doctor dies. And then, I th- and, and then I remembered this whole bit about this Quorum of Time plotline from <clears throat> uh, one of the Sylvester McCoy stories. Right. You know, and even shot an extra scene where they were going to build the Doctor up as being more than just a regular Time Lord. That, that uh-huh. actually was part of this Quorum of Time. And they actually shot the extra scene. I remember, I remember sort of sending... This, this, uh, in fact, I actually remember sending a YouTube link of the, the actual cut scene, you know, to, mm-hmm. to you and Paul, and I sort of typing up the little bits of research and stuff. And, and that's kind of what I did anyway, you know. Just that's how this, well, that's how this project began. Was when you you told us you made us aware of this, yeah. and we thought, ooh, there's a lot that can be done with this. And yeah. that was around the time where I was thinking, uh, because I'd I'd watched mm-hmm. Battlefield, mm-hmm. and I thought. You know, wouldn't it be cool to fill in some of the blanks of Battlefield from the Doctor's future? And, you know, wouldn't it be cool if maybe Mm -hmm. my incarnation of the Doctor was the one who got the ball rolling uh, and left the clues and the voice lock and all of this stuff with with Excalibur for Sylvester McCoy's Doctor to discover in his past, so to speak. And then I, I passed on that idea to to Paul who once again ran with it oh, boy did he run with it ooh uh, he sure did I, I, I mean I, 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 quite honestly I mean I will say beyond any shadow of a doubt that Quorum of Time were the finest or certainly my favourite Doctor Who scripts that I've ever seen full stop they were absolutely stunning when I suggested the original, you know, sort of a couple of the original concepts there, I, I had absolutely no clue that was going to come back from Paul, you know. And then, of course, all this really cool stuff that you added in as well, you know, with uh-huh. Battlefield and the King Arthur references and stuff from Battlefield and, the, you know, the McCoy leaving, <laughs> you, you're leaving a note for McCoy to find later and McCoy's... And actually it. tried to, oh. to keep it sounding like Sylvester McCoy's voice. And I know you and I talked about that recently, but I don't think our listeners know that um, the day I was recording that, I actually got my my old VHS copy of Battlefield, popped it in, Mm -hmm. so I could hear how Sylvester McCoy delivered that line, because Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, if this is going to be a voice print, then, uh, you know, it's probably important that I sound like one of my previous selves who's going to discover it, mm-hmm. and uh, I tried to deliver it just like McCoy did. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, <laughs> and, and the, other, the other thing that I really enjoy about that is that, um, particularly after you've come round after the regeneration, uh-huh. um, and, um, you know, there are little snippets of Sylvester McCoy in there, you know, and he keeps calling Amanda Ace, and <laughs> stuff yeah. like that, you know, and... And, and and you'll you'll hear sort of Mac doing sort of impressions of other doctors in there as well from time to time. I'm not going to tell the listeners where they are. I mean, I've certainly uh-huh. spotted them, but I'm, and I'm certainly not, you know, because they can kind of go and have a listen and, and have fun, sort of picking them out. You know, <laughs> I know I did. Sure. <laughs> you know, part of part of the fun about and and this this is this is sort of a regeneration episode, but mm-hmm. part of the fun about regenerations is in the wake. Of it, that instability. Yeah. And in that respect, I, I pay my own kind of little homage to uh, after Tom Baker regenerated from John Pertwee, and then when Peter Davison regenerated from Tom Baker, you know, there's this kind of crossover between his present self and previous selves. And I really wanted to make it a point to get that in there. So I took a lot of liberties with that particular scene that Paul wrote and just like put in this whole bunch of extra stuff. And <laughs> I'm just grateful that he's he's such a, a cool guy that he didn't get ticked off at me for it. And <laughs> he just he went with it, you know, because some writers out there are very protective of their words oh, and their course, scripts yeah. and they don't like you messing with them. But yeah. Paul's got a marvelous flexibility, and you know he and you are gracious enough to to let me sometimes go off on tangents that are not in the script. Well, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I think 
that's the beauty of the three of us working together is that is the, the way we work is it's all about the teamwork and, and there's no egos in there so for instance um, if if you know if Paul sends us a script to review he doesn't mind in the least if we come back with sort of comments and say actually do you, why don't we try that or try that or try that you know come up with little suggestions and feedback and, and then it comes again um there were times when um, when I've actually said to you, in fact, you know, could you give me this in a certain way? And I remember in, um, certainly at the beginning of this season, there was... From um, the inside. From the inside. of co- Yeah, you see, you remember <laughs> straight off the bat, you know, there's a bit where the doctor strapped down on the electric table, blah, 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 and uh-huh. I'm thinking... I could do with some struggling sort of noises, you know, and you came back with way more <laughs> You came up with this whole sort of ad lib, you know, that just absolutely completely fitted the scene. Of course it got used, you know, because uh, it was fantastic what you came back with. And, and then, of course, there's been times as well when yourself and Paul have come back and said, why don't we try this with the production side of things? You know, from a production point of view, why don't we try that with that scene and try that? And mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, is we just seem to just work and we don't, we don't let the egos get in the way. We just kind of just work. You know? <laughs> and and it's, it. been, it's been a joy to build that up over the last season, you know, because uh, we're all good friends, of course, you know. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, and there, there is a definite magic. And I think... We it's there's we've got a formula now. Mm-hmm. You, Paul, me, and then all the extra wonderful little bits of flavor that we get from mm-hmm. the other actors and actresses that that really put the finishing touches, the the little glitter and chocolate sprinkles on top of it. But certainly the three of us as mm-hmm. as a base, mm-hmm. I mean, as as obviously evidenced by uh, you know our win with the Vogels, yeah. you know. We, we we're on to something here. Oh, I think so as well. And I mean, certainly with Quorum of Time, um, in particular, um, particularly on the production side of things, I tried to give it that epic scope, you know, to, mm-hmm. to, to the way that the whole thing sounds. You know, I, I wanted to make it big, basically, <laughs> you know, because that's, that's certainly what you got from the scripts. Anyway, if this is huge, you know, so I, I really big up to, on the sort of production side of things. I think... Um, I think if you, um, you know, with both parts of Quorum of Time, you were on about 250 to 300 audio tracks um, for that particular um, story. We're getting like Escape from New York big here. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Vera Corker, the, the, the first episode of season four, uh, without giving any spoilers away here, of course, um, that's on about 150 audio tracks on its own. Uh-huh. Uh, so that that's quite sizable, to say the least. Um, anyhow, uh, yeah, what I was going to say is, I mean, uh, there were some just so, so many marvelous moments within Quorum of Time. I mean, uh, again, it's not all just about the huge production side of it. You know, the huge, massive bits of the explosions and the battles and things like that that are going off that I enjoyed doing. Um, I quite enjoyed some of the more subtle, sort of delicate, sensitive scenes as well. Like, for instance, where Amanda and the Doctor go to the uh, lakeside. Okay. And they're having a quick chat, you know. Um, this is where, you know, this is, you know, and they lay sort of uh, Arthur's body to rest in the lake. Mm-hmm. That was a beautiful moment. I, mean, I really enjoyed mixing that side of things together. And, of course, obviously, I thoroughly enjoyed the regeneration sequence. <laughs> well, even, um, you know, we've talked about this mm-hmm. before, the... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Robin's reaction when she was recording uh, her lines oh, during, yeah. you know, for for the doctor's death oh. and, and regeneration, wow. and uh, you know, unfortunately at the time we had, I don't think we necessarily uh, clued her in to the the fact that I was actually still going to stay. Um, no, what it was was, um, wasn't it? I don't think she knew at the time when she, she recorded that. No, she didn't know at the time. Um, and the reason for that is that... Um, and, and, and I really totally appreciate and respect Robin for the way that she voices lines, uh, which is that a lot of people, you know, when you, when, when you get a script, you, you kind of flick through the script and you have a good skim through, yeah? And, mm-hmm. and you, you read it, you read all the script all the way through so you can kind of get an idea of where you're going, yeah, when you're voice acting. Yeah. Um, Robin doesn't do that. What Robin does is um, she doesn't read the script until she goes to voice it. 
and she she voices it as she's reading it for the very first time and so the reason I respect that and the reason it works for her is that if there's something in the script that's like really funny you can guarantee that she is going to burst out laughing (laughs) like for real and then if there's like a sequence like that that crops up she, she, you know, she's going. It's going to hit her, and you're going to get that whole emotional side of things coming out. And so, at the time she actually read those lines, she wasn't aware that you were going to regenerate back into the Doctor, into the Doctor that we know and love, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, or is he? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's happened yet. <laughs> from where I'm sitting. So this is it, you see. So so. So she'd sort of read it in sequence, and that was the, f- the first that she knew that, the, that your doctor was going to die and regenerate was when she read the script as <laughs> she was voicing the lines. Surprise! Um, right, yeah. And um, I mean, she was, was she was pretty ticked off with us, actually. Yeah. I think around that time period for for not cluing her in. Uh, yeah, we could have communicated just that little bit better. Um, Oops, sorry, Robin. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was, it was certainly there was um, there was a, there was a conscious effort, particularly from myself, to make sure that she is clued in and and sort of kept yeah. in the loop on everything, you know. Because obviously this is our companion, you know, and our companion that's worked really damn hard on the series, you know. Definitely. And, and like I said, she gives. You can. T- she's very passionate about this particular role. I know she yeah. absolutely loves this, and it's it's a joy working with her. Absolutely, I could not agree more. Um, totally professional as well. If you ever need any retakes, you'll get them turned round in like a day. You know, there's, you know, it's absolutely brilliant to work with. Great fun and uh, very, very passionate. And like I say, one of the things that that really impresses me about Robin is the fact that she does read and, and does read the scripts this way. You know, uh, and, and does perform Amanda that way because every time something like a surprise comes up. You know, Robin's genuinely surprised. Not just Amanda, a Robin is as well. You know, mm-hmm. and and so I quite like that. So you're getting like really authentic reactions, you know, um, coming through in the audio. And I think it really does show in the character. It comes through, mm-hmm. and uh, she's brilliant. She really is good. Um, yeah. That regeneration sequence, incidentally, I mean, the way that I that, that I tried to make that uh, work was I wanted it to sort of start. And, and sort of almost um, feel like your life was winding backwards through the regenerations, and so as you as you go through, you, 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 I think you kind of you get a snippet of Matt Smith's Doctor, and then there's a snippet of David Tennant, Christopher Eccleston, Paul McGann, and then it goes on and on and on until you get the Hartnell at the very end. Um, but time's yeah. running backwards, and I don't know if you've noticed, but actually through that regeneration sequence, there's actually a, a grandfather clock, and the grandfather clock is ticking away, and that progressively gets faster and faster but it's played mm-hmm. backwards the clock is actually played backwards so it actually sounds like you're going back to tack tick tack tick yeah rather than tick tock yeah um so <laughs> i kind of put that all in there and then as it sort of gets faster and faster and faster um you know the dialogue starts being overlaid so you get like patrick troughton's dialogues over the top of william hartnell's things like that and so it all becomes this big jumbled mess towards the end you know which is the way it, was, it should be, um, to be I agree I, I've I've liked the regenerations over the years that have mm-hmm. incorporated bits and pieces mm-hmm. from all of the like the previous doctors together I think it's a great way to to bridge the gap certainly mm-hmm. uh, between them and the current doctor between them and the fan doctor and I think it also Absolutely. helps for the listeners too, to make the connection. You know, they 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 hear mm-hmm. this guy performing, and then suddenly there's there's this connection with with the official BBC doctor, and I think it makes it mm-hmm. makes it more real. I remember when uh, I first started watching Matt Smith, mm-hmm. and they had that uh, that scene on the top of the roof where oh. uh, the the alien is scanning him. Yeah, and then suddenly the scan shifts, and they show all the other doctors, and I was just like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, that's um, cool." When uh, they had Earthshock back in Peter Davison's era, mm-hmm. and the Cybermen are watching the scanner, and uh, and they show Davison, you know, who's oh, he calls himself the Doctor, and <laughs> then they start showing all you know all yeah. of the other old doctors and little snippets from their 
uh, encounters with mm-hmm. the Cybermen, and that oh, that that still to this day sends chills up my arms. Oh, it was excellent. Um, no, 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 Stevie, Stevie, you got to say it like the Cyber Leader. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> How was that? Is that any good? Excellent, excellent. <laughs> that was also for you too, Gareth. <laughs> oh dear me! Yeah, and I, I mean, uh, the other thing that's most notable about that particular regeneration sequence is that there's actually a doctor missing. Ah, he says, mm, "Which one, uh, Doctor Number 12 Well, there's obviously a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah. And which I, will be uncovered later. Do you know? I almost voiced. I almost voiced a, a line. As Doctor Twelve, <laughs> and uh, and then I thought, well, no, because that kind of ties you down, you know, and and and, and stuff, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought better of it, basically. <laughs> but I almost did well, voice Doctor Twelve in the regeneration oh. sequence, and then I thought, well, that was the thing too. Yeah. When when I wrote Grave White North like a thousand years ago, um, and I was dealing with the doctor who comes out of the TARDIS that ultimately right. regenerates into my doctor, mm-hmm. you know, I, I sat there going, oh, all right, well, that's a good question. What what does this guy actually look like that turns in, into me? Yeah. So uh, I, I just kind of did this sort of generic type of, of, uh, of description of him just uh, mm-hmm. to get it into the episode. But uh, that is something that I... I imagine maybe one of these days we might clear up, but uh, I, I'm thinking that he was experiencing some uh, some temporary physical instabilities at the time. You know, the regenerations themselves are never necessarily solid up until a certain point. So uh, you know, Absolutely. who knows really what the twelfth Doctor actually does look like just yet. Well, yeah, and I'm, I mean, one of the other things as well is, um, oh, I, I mean, you're talking about the instability, you know, I mean, that's certainly um, every regeneration there has been some form of instability not long afterwards, you know, why the doctor's finding his, his feet in his new body, basically. Um, you know, I mean, I, I suppose most, um, most dramatic would have been um, Peter Davison to Colin Baker. You know, where Colin Baker came round after regenerating, the first thing he does is strangle Perry. <laughs> you, know? you know, having met Perry, I don't blame him. Really? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Nicola Bryant will probably never do any voice work for us now. Mm. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, it's. I, I, That's you know an anecdote for another time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, though, yeah. You know, even you know, Peter Davison's doctor as well, you know, when Tom Baker sort of regenerated into Peter Davison as well. You know, Peter Davison, the regeneration wasn't quite working the, properly and he needed to go into the, the... The zero room. The zero room, that's right. And there was part of that Peter Davison's first episode when he's whizzing around the TARDIS corridors in one of those electric wheelchairs. That was funny. Yeah, it was. It was great for well, me. Well, he, he was doing his own little bit, too, mm-hmm. when he's walking around and he's unraveling the scarf. That's right, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's uh, at one point he's like, oh, come along, Jamie. And, uh, you yeah. know, he, he was well, he it. was hearkening back to to a couple of his his other selves. Well, that's it, you see. I mean, Which the way was I, neat. The, the way I've always thought of the Doctor is that the Doctor isn't one person. Um, certainly by the time you get to Matt Smith, you know, that that's like 11 different people. Right. <laughs> all wrapped up. Oh, that, that, that's all, what Davis said. Not far now, Brigadier, he said. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, and I mean, yeah. it's, it's like I've always seen <clears throat> the, the sort of Doctor character as being the sum of like, you know, several different people. Certainly Matt Smith is like 11, isn't he? You know. Yeah, and, well, it's like uh, Davison said, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, a man is the sum of his memories. A time lord, even more so. Yeah, exactly. So, so you know, from time to time, there's bound to be these little snippets of the other personalities creeping through and coming to the surface. And even more of, so after regeneration. Yeah, when things are unstable. 
Absolutely, yeah. And and that's one of the things I've always enjoyed about your performance as the Doctor is that you do, from time to time, bring that sort of stuff in. You know, every now and again you'll hear... Um, you know, again, you know, I'm not going to give spoilers away on where, uh, but I do think that, you know, our, our listeners will certainly have a lot of fun trying to spot them, you know, is is all the different various places where you, where you do drop into, you know, Doctor's... Let's I mean, play Spot the Doctor! That's it, yeah. Turn it into a drinking game! Broken Sea Quorum of Time drinking game! Whenever Kalita does one of the earlier <laughs> Doctors, you drink! <laughs> I'm game for that. <laughs> yeah, we need Definitely. to do that actually one of these days. Are you providing the shots, Mark? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh well, there you go. I'm definitely up for that then. Okay. <laughs> Free alcohol. Hey, you know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's, there's times when Mark's done sort of Colin Baker, Tom Baker, or, or Mark's doctor has done Tom Baker, Colin Baker, um, <clears throat> Sylvester McCoy, and and. Patrick Troughton, I think I've heard in there. I've even heard Hartnell in there, and yeah, and David time, Tennant too. And, I've thrown in. Yep, and 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 so there's there's all of these little you know little subtle touches that you're putting into the character that you know, like I said, not even the TV doctors are doing that often. Well, that's why recently, like uh, two three weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, what um, it was the episode after Rebel Flesh, and it was early on. With the, the the doctor's ganger, right. and uh, he just comes out with the "Would you like a jelly, baby?" I just sat there going, "Oh wow, cool!" Oh, <laughs> Tom Baker's voice coming out of Matt Smith. Ah, oh. and and then it and then it, and then it, um, he became really unstable, and he said something like, um, "Let's reverse the neutron flow of the jelly, baby." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, it's those little oh. those little kinds of connections. That was awesome. That, you know? Oh man, I eat that up like candy, and that's that's what I want to do. And oh, it's it's, awesome. it's so neat when that happens. And then, of course, um, I guess um, you know, just to you know, drop onto another sort of topic around quarter of time as well was the uh, the little Easter egg scene that you and I put together, <laughs> sort of. Almost oh, and I cracked up. That was so much fun. Well, one of the things that we talked about for this particular episode mm-hmm. was bringing bringing up some uh, some revelations, some bits about the Doctor's past. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things I thought that would be very interesting to do in this was in Battlefield when uh, they talk about you know they refer to the Doctor as Merlin, and you know he's like, well. Yes, I am, but I'm not yet, and all of that kind of of stuff. And as I thought about that, um, you know, I mentioned to Paul, it's just like, well, um, mm-hmm. why not the uh, the Merlin character that they encounter? Well, maybe he's not necessarily the Doctor, but maybe someone who's very like the Doctor. Yeah. And uh, you know, I thought, well, what about? Why not if Merlin is maybe short for like this really long kind of Gallifreyan name? And, you know, the Gallifreyan name has connections as well with the original series. And, you know, I just wrote up this whole little thing and I sent it to Paul. And Paul was like, oh, cool. Yeah, we'll get that in there. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it was it was it was fun writing little little extra bits and pieces uh, of this episode with Paul, yeah. I, I mean, that was that was funny. Um, that, that, I mean, what a great character to play as well. <laughs> oh man! Again, when I listened to it, I just started chuckling, and and it just kept getting louder because it was very much when I read Paul's script, and then when I actually heard the character <laughs> voiced, you pulled it off just as I imagined it and hoped for it. Oh, it was great. I mean, it was just one of them roles that you just, I, I just, I loved doing that particular, um, playing that particular character. I mean, I actually had somebody sent me an email, you know, to the doctor's dad. Oh, <laughs> you didn't tell me about that. Yeah, it was funny as hell when I got it, you know, I literally floored. <laughs> I was howling. And I, I remember, um, shortly after, uh, Quorum of Time Part 2 went out and it went live, um, you know, I was. This is for our listeners' benefit. You know, I'm chatting to Mac one day, and he comes on to Skype, and he goes, "Hello, Dad." <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
I just absolutely. Right. Hello, son. <laughs> oh, man, you know, I mean, it was just one of those hysterical moments. Um, anyhow, the, the, the actual final scene I was thinking of was um, the, the whole Easter egg scene that we that we wrote. You know, as a, as a little oh, tribute the, to our magician. Oh, the bit at the end with the the space station. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun to do um, because um, Paul Mannering didn't know anything at all about it. <laughs> <laughs> until, until the episode went live with that tagged on the very end and in fact he actually didn't know about it until a few weeks ago when I told him it was there <laughs> he'd not played it to the end of the end credits so I hadn't realised he, he just thought the end credits you know, got to the end credits and sort of stopped it you know? <laughs> yeah basically what it was is Stevie oh. thought it would be fun if we did a little extra uh, an extra scene, a little something fun as sort of a thank you for all of Paul's hard work Absolutely. in just jamming together this amazing season in such a, uh, a short time. So uh, I, I wrote up this this little scene on a spaceship and Stevie and I were discussing some of the stuff to put into it uh, about <laughs> basically having uh, this this really bad kind of lounge act on this space station and the doctor and Amanda arrives and uh, they're introducing themselves and the announcer is just like and this next song is for you doctor <laughs> and uh, I don't want to give away too much about it because it's just a lot of goofy fun and you all need to go and go back and listen to it if you've not heard it yet because it was, it was a real coot to do yeah and um <laughs> and basically, I am the Mark Kalita robot all-star jazz introspective. <laughs> oh, boy, did I have a laugh doing that and singing with that voice. <laughs> oh, man. Like the uh, robot that we, we bought from uh, a Hitchhiker's Guide garage sale. <laughs> Which was kind of how exactly how I wanted it to sound, you know. Um, I remember listening to that and saying, "Oh my god, that, that, that sounds like uh, the announcer from from Hitchhiker's Guide." What what are we on Millie Ways or something? Well, there you go. Station oh, Fifty Seven was that was fun. But yeah, oh, it was funny. It was it was funny to add it in. And uh, that's so why people, you always need to make sure you you listen to the entire episode and <laughs> make sure you go through all the credits in that because. Like like Marvel Comics movies, you never know if there's going to be something tacked on to the end. Well, this is it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, it was it was great to have been able to do that little tribute for Paul and sort of, uh, you know, it was great to do such a fun scene anyway with yourself because you, your writing on that scene is just priceless. <laughs> Again, I'm not going to give spoilers away, but superb, you know. Uh, one of the funniest things I think I've done for a while. You know, sort of in audio anyway. And um, it was nice to have been able to do that for Paul. And then all of Paul's hard work and efforts all sort of paid off again, you know, with the Sir Julius Vogel Award. Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal. It's absolutely stunned and, and chuffed to bits for him that he won that, you know. Uh, and with a shorter season, no less. Absolutely. Uh, it was just incredible, you know, for him to have won that award. I'm just totally stunned. Um you know, and, and, and surprised and very, very pleased, basically. And uh, on to the Parsecs, of course. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, we've already we've been oh. nominated for the Parsec for Best Audio Drama Short Form. Woohoo! Uh, again, this year. Um, Yay! Uh, which all off already. Um, sent the sampler off. Which Fingers crossed. Hopefully Toes the, crossed. Hopefully it'll be on the website soon. Uh, the I have, I have asked Bill, or uh, I've asked Paul to make the appropriate sacrifices. Oh, is it, yeah. Well, that's it. Well, <laughs> uh, it, would be, it would be. I I don't want to sound greedy, but it sure as heck would be cool hmm. to to pull in pull in another award for for our good. season. That would be great. Oh yeah, of course. Um, and and of course you get to go to the Parsecs to collect it. Because <laughs> you're the only one on U.S. soil out of the three of us. Well, I'll tell you, if by some bizarre freak chance, you know, we actually do, mm -hmm. it would be great if they could at least let us know in advance so I could see if, if I could even make that possible. But, well, you know, yeah. I, I mean, that's we, hoping for quite a bit. 
we we yeah, there's there's it's quite a competition there's a lot of amazing shows all competing oh, for uh in that that our particular category man having said that we've already made it as we've already made finalist status previously so you know who knows anything's possible yeah absolutely i mean man having said that sort of i mean maudlin's also made sort of final status twice now as well so definitely uh, which is another cool. cool show yeah not to mention other shows i might just edit that little bit out by the way my face yeah. so almost promoting another show on here <laughs> that's all right because i was gonna say you know for those who haven't already read it Maubray Secret of the Rift by Alexa Chipman is now available at Amazon.com. Go out there and buy it. I have my copy. I finished reading it last week, and it was fantastic. And I got my copy as well, because it was a proofreader for it. <laughs> Particularly if you're a big fan of Worsley, definitely oh, get this book. Uh, Learn about the Rift, how it all came me. about. Oh, yes. Excellent book. Yes, it is. <laughs> So uh, now we were we were very fortunate. The uh, the cast too on Quorum of Time that we were able oh, to put together was stunning. particularly exciting. Yeah, it was. Yeah. You know, I remember a number of the auditions that came in, mm-hmm. and uh, it actually was kind of easy in in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get many of of them, but the ones that came in were extraordinary. When I heard Bernadette Groves do her more gain i was just like wow wow okay yeah that's an easy one great and uh yes yeah, you was, know was i was i was very glad when chris barnes submitted for anselin mm-hmm. because i i actually had him in mind for it and uh i was grateful for that to come through so uh that worked out well he was totally born for that he's got this just great noble youthful energy that he he had for that. Oh, he's a great, but, he's a great uh, guy as well. And, and, uh, and yeah, he, he I was very, very fortunate. We were very fortunate. I was grateful that uh, Julian Bain, uh, a doctor from another universe, and uh, certainly one of the finest fan doctors out there, uh, was able to uh, to join us to to play the big man himself with Rassilon. Oh yes. Oh, oh man! What a performance! I was very excited when when he was kind enough to do that for us. Oh, that he was awesome. he he brought some wonderful presence uh, to the character. So that was that was definitely a, a big bit of audio bling there. Oh yeah, I mean he was fantastic. Um, I mean really, really, really good. Um, and then there was obviously Carriers as well. Was in yeah, it was too. nice to kind of welcome him aboard. Yeah, he, he, and again, he had quite a. Um, he played it. You know, he, he Carey does maniacal really well. <laughs> if that makes any sense, you know. <laughs> yeah, this was this was quite a snotty Mordred, and I liked that. Yeah, he was great. And I, I, we're, we're I'm sure we're going to be not only hearing more of Carey, but uh, we're also going to be in the future hearing. Uh, some of Carrie's mixing prowess in action. Oh, I yes. just got done uh, recording some lines for him for a project that uh, he's currently working on. That should be fun. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I mean, I've, certainly that particular project that you're referring to. Um, I've heard little snippets of it, and it's uh, it's very good. It's it's really coming together well. Oh, you've actually heard parts of it. I haven't. Yeah. Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's only because um, Kerry sent me some bits and pieces in terms of his background <laughs> ambiences and stuff okay. like that. I uh, just wanted some feedback on them. So. Uh, you know, you you producer guys, you audio engineers, you are really tight. We know. <laughs> we know. Yeah, throw Holweg in there too, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got to throw Bill in there. Yeah, you got to include oh, Bill. Oh, yeah. yeah. But Bill's great, you know. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Anyhow, Mark, um, I think we should be looking at sort of bringing this to a close now. Very well. That's fine. I think this was a great bit of time together. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Good and, fun as well. Uh, a few I, laughs along I got the it. way. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, superb. Great fun. Lots of, you know, a few good laughs along the way, of course, as well. Yep. Even though it was a shorter season, it was a very exciting, action-packed season. And um, certainly 
there are a number of things that we have done in the 2010 season mm -hmm. that are actually going to become the foundation for stuff that's coming. So, um, you know, yeah. 2011 season is going to be launching in about two weeks. Of course. And uh, for those of you out there who are, are getting getting themselves all jazzed up for it, might want to go listen to season three again. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as um, as Quorum of Time goes, I will say, if that actually were to have been my last episode and my, my final regeneration, mm -hmm. it would have been an episode I would have been very proud of it to be. That, that would have been the one I would have liked to have gone out on. Yeah, I mean, certainly from a producer point of view, if um, if that was the last episode of Doctor Who that I'd actually produced, that would have been the one I would have wanted to go out on as well, <laughs> truthfully. Um, and but, I'm, pre uh, I'm pretty sure Paul will probably think exactly the same, along exactly the same lines. Yeah. Um, what a great, great, great story. And um, lots of really cool stuff to come. Watch out. Oh, yeah. And don't forget next week, guys. Tune in next week because we've got something huge. <laughs> Definitely. You think this is big? Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, yes. And um, again, next season as well. We're really upping the ante again. <laughs> so. Yep. We're doing that. And, uh, yeah, we're already starting to talk on stuff for, for the 2012 season. Absolutely. And that's even going to be more more insane. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just going to leave it at that. We just so, keep up in the you know, ante we've with got, We've got some, a lot of new stuff coming. Mm -hmm. We've got a sort of newly regenerated doctor, and uh, he is looking forward to getting into all kinds of new trouble. Of course. With a brand new lease of life as well. That's right. <laughs> anyway, um, great as always chatting to you, Mac. And, Likewise. And catch up with you soon, Mac. All right. See you, everybody. Thanks Bye -bye for listening. Now. Cue the 20th Century Fox fanfare. <laughs> <laughs> or in our case, it might be like, goodies! Goody, 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 goody yum, yum. yum. <laughs> we should leave that in, you know. <laughs>